Hi, I'm Harrison, and I'm joined by my friend Tyler. This podcast is called Booze and Buffy. Here we watch and discuss every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. No spoilers, though, because I've never watched the show before. And I've watched it a billion times. That's a lot. Yeah. So what are we watching today? Uh, Today we are watching Season 1, Episodes 1 and 2, Welcome to the Hellmouth and The Harvest. The Hellmouth. Okay. Welcome to Hellmouth was written by Joss Whedon and directed by Charles Martin Smith. And The Harvest was written by Joss Whedon and directed by John T. Kretschmer. So... You said this is two episodes. Is it like a double feature or what? Word. This is a two-parter. Both episodes originally aired back-to-back on March 10th, 1997. Oh, that was like basically my fifth birthday. Basically. Basically. That was not near my fifth birthday. It was a couple months before. Okay. Let's do it. and Buffy what will we see Buffy what will we drink bourbon wine what will we think Harrison seen it all fuck yeah and Tyler hasn't what vocab words will we learn that again what vocab words will we learn that again what is on the gay agenda for today outfits what is on the gay agenda for today angel it's Booze and Buffy. We're already correct. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep, I can see that Hello. things are happening. Okay, yeah. so we're actually recording now. Um, so, all right. Uh, so, Tyler, tell me, what are you drinking? Uh, it's a Manhattan. Are you supposed to hold it, like, by the stem or by the glass? You know... I, I, I think stem. That's why it has it, right? I think stem. Um, and I think fancy people would hold a... by the stem. But honestly, I get nervous sometimes when I do that. So I don't I hold... have good enough balance or I need to drink more of it. Yeah. But when I'm around fancies, so, uh, <laughs> fancy people. You said John made this? John made these. John is my husband. Um, he, We got some really fancy cherries from John's parents. For Christmas. Oh, okay. I saw and that. yeah, so these are like nice cherries, and we bought some uh, some nice bourbon. I'm pretty sure this is wild turkey, but I don't I don't know off the top of my we head. Got new fancy bitters too. We got some new fancy this bitters. The, which one is this? I think this is the Aztec chocolate bitters. That's I believe it. Yeah, it tastes like it. So um, yeah, I am also drinking the same thing. I, I asked Tyler like I didn't know, but I was drinking the exact same thing. We should do a, a toast. A toast. John made this drink, so I'm prosit, I'm prosit, gemütlichkeit. Let's go. I don't know what that meant, but I liked it. It's a German song. I assumed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I wanted to start our discussion of Welcome to the Hellmouth by just talking a little history of uh, our good friend Buffy Summers. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller. Sarah Michelle. Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> um, shit. I'm just starting off here, aren't we? Um, We've been drinking. So, um, Tyler, I don't know how much I've actually told you this already, but for our listeners, if there are any... And uh, for you, if 
in case you don't know All two of us. Harrison and Tyler. Um, So Buffy actually started off as a movie first. So it came out in 1992. It starred... um, Me too. Um, Well, uh, I came out of my mom in 1992. I I came out of other things. 1992. Um, So anyway, uh, (laughs) it starred Christy Swanson as Buffy. And it is a movie that exists. Um, it's just my own personal opinion. Not great. Um, it's a little too slapstick comical. Mm. Um, and I'm in good company. Joss Whedon really doesn't like it either. He, he was, he was very unhappy with the finished product and he, he said it really did not match his vision of what he wanted it when he, when he wrote the movie. Um, so then a couple years later, he got the opportunity to make it as a television show. Yeah. And um, he, he took, he obviously took that opportunity and was able to make something that was closer to his original vision. So the backstory that we get mm-hmm. from Buffy in this first episode is vaguely like what happens in the movie. So yeah, so the movie is not like considered canon. It is. Um, but you said but the, the movie was too campy. Too campy. I've seen it. And we should watch it sometime. Yeah. But like too... Which is interesting because that's kind of what I... One of my questions. The show... The show is campy. That's... Well, like I was trying to like get what the vibe was. Like how serious... What is the tone? Is it campy? Is it... So... And and we'll get into this as we go through. Um, I've only seen the one. Definitely... There's camp. There's a yeah. camp factor. It is, um, it is, it, the show is funny, but the show also deals with a lot of very real emotion. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, honestly, we're gonna, we're gonna work in a lot of different genres. Um, drama, comedy, and horror are gonna be our three major genres that we work in. How scary is the show? Because there's been a couple of jump scares, but it's also kind of like a sitcom, so I'm like, oh. So... I am the worst person to ask. Okay. As you know. Yeah. I personally don't think the show is very scary. Um, although I think it has a couple of like pretty scary moments. episodes and pretty scary moments. Mm-hmm. But overall, the My show... Big thing is gore. I'm it's so not very gory. It aired on on, right. on network TV. Um, but Can it's... we watch that vampire movie from Sweden? Oh, yeah. Let the right one in. The... That was the moment where I, like, had to, like, go outside. I was, like, just... When she's, like, bleeding from her head. No, he... not... I, I got through that. It was whenever they, like, had their hands and, like... I don't know. It was, like, some sort of wrists. Something. Oh, they were doing, like, the blood pact or whatever? Yeah. It was... <sighs> like, I just walked outside. John was, like, are you all right? <laughs> and you were, like, no, your husband made me watch this horrifying movie where children are cutting themselves and sharing their well, blood. Well, and, like, what other movie did we watch that night? Like, fucking... Jurassic Park? Maybe. Not on the same level. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Sorry, tangent. (laughs) Um. (laughs) But I won't get that level of, like, let the right one in gore. No. Like, I'm trying to think, like, is there there ever, and I don't think so. Um. (sighs) No. Um. So yeah, I came to Buffy my senior year of high... Or after my senior year of high school. I just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we, like... My family, like, just got Netflix. And Buffy was on Netflix at that point. Okay. 
And I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, I am into this. <laughs> and so that summer was just me watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And yeah. I, I binged it. I think I was finished by that like... was like pre-Netflix and chill. That was just like binge, binge, binge. Mm-hmm. Although I will say I used Buffy for a couple uh, attempted Netflix and chills. Of course you did. There but I was really bad at it. I was really, really bad at it. So I was like oh, come over and watch Buffy with me. And then we got there, I was like, we're going to watch season two, episode 13. This is a really important episode. <laughs> important, like, there's a lot of sex in this episode, or important, like, like, you, like quintessential, like, core of my being episode. Yeah, core of my being episode. Oh. I actually also just said season two, episode 13, like, randomly. It's I not Off the top of my head, what I can't remember. That? Like, I can't remember off the top of my head. Are there 13 episodes in a season, Harrison? There are 12 episodes in the first season. The in rest the second of the season? The rest of the seasons are 22 episodes. Oh, okay. So, okay. I just thought you were... I was checking. Just checking. I clocked it. <laughs> just clocked <laughs> I was like, are there? Um, <laughs> so, so, I, like, fell in love with Buffy, and then I became that really annoying kid who was like, have you watched Buffy? Have you watched Buffy? You should watch Buffy. And I've just been, it's been my favorite TV show ever since. I've watched it so many times. You've talked a lot about it in the past, but I just, like, Brett, I don't me know out. anything about it, so it never sticks. Like, I hear names and stuff, and I'm like, there's a Buffy, there's a Core, Core, what's her name? Cordelia. There we go. Cordy. I was like, Corduroy. Corduroy. <laughs> Our favorite characters, Seller Michelle Geller and Corduroy. Uh, all right, so let's get into the episode. Um, so we open at Sunnydale High School. Okay. Uh, two teenagers break into the school. We've got a pretty blonde girl, and she's I, like... okay. This whole scene, I figure somebody's probably a vampire. I thought it was him. Mm-hmm. That's... Especially, like, he does, like, something, like, where he's, like, standing behind her and kind of, like, caresses her neck, and I'm like, oh, well, he's the vampire. Yeah. Which you're supposed to think. So, uh, Joss Whedon's concept for the show, well, for the movie, originally, but his concept for the character was... Uh, he wanted to take the idea of, in the horror movie, the, yeah. the blonde girl in the alley who gets killed by the monster. There's a lot of blonde girls in this show. There are. Um, he wanted to take that idea, the this this helpless, this damsel, and then flip that. And like she's the one... It's far. Um, she's flipped, flipped the script where the, the damsel is the badass. Flip the script. And... Personally, what I really like about the opening sequence is that it you, we begin there. In this case, though, the, our damsel is the monster. Um, it's and it's done very deliberately. You're you're conditioned to because that's how horror movies go. Is you've got two teenagers breaking in somewhere. The girl's all nervous. She's gonna get killed. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's the one who's like. I'm- yeah. Right, yeah. She's, I heard a noise. She's playing all the all the tropes Cliches. of it. 
And then, yeah. uh, and I like that she uses those tropes to make I sure like that, that they're... I like cliche, you said tropes. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing. <laughs> um, but she uses that to make sure they're alone. I like that. She's like, I'm scared. I heard a noise. And he's like, oh, we're definitely alone. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. She's like, cool. And she fucking kills him. Okay. But what, uh, that's the title, like, sequence. What about, like, the, like, intro? Or the, like name placard and like the theme song and all that what do you think what what do i need to get from that because that's kind of where i don't know i remember watching this as a kid probably like you know five or six and like the titles like just the theme song and shit like that was enough for me to be like eh, this is scary i'm gonna watch something else <laughs> now it's old so yeah i don't care it's um i i don't know that necessarily you're supposed to you know take anything from it other than it's a 90s opening credit sequence and you need should know the op the actors um but i think it definitely paints a picture of buffy okay she's we see buffy in the opening sequence as um very action oriented okay we see her um fun fact about the opening theme sequence it's uh the opening theme is composed by a band called nerf herder why where are they from another country we, do you not know what Nerf Herder is a reference to? No. It's Star Trek. Nope. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to redo that because I'm not... <laughs> I mean, like, if you told me, like, oh, it's kind of like Abba. They're from, like, uh, another language. It's a, it's a Star Wars reference. No, no idea. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so there's a part where Princess Leia is yelling at Han Solo, and she's like, you're a blah, 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 scruffy-looking Nerf Herder! Because I guess that's an alien species of something. Oh, okay. And he's like, I'm not scruffy-looking, or whatever. So it's like the Nerf it's Herder a, isn't, like, it's the a, most offensive part. <laughs> right. But it's a sci-fi reference. Have you heard about these places that, like, are like laser tag, but it's Nerf? There's one in town. I have not heard of that. I There's to do one that. in town, I think, now. That's awesome. Go. We should do that. In Louisville. Kentucky. We should take our... My husband. <laughs> what? <laughs> we should take my husband and shoot him a bunch with Nerf guns. I think he would like that. You you don't think he would like that? I do and I don't. I do because I feel like he'd like reenact. Oh, he'd like, be like so into like reenacting some war or some shit. Yeah. But on the opposite side, I think it would be just like... A lot. He would not be into us teaming up on him and pretending to murder him. Yeah. Especially not for the insurance money. <laughs> How many minutes into your rehearsal dinner did the, did the divorce jokes start? Oh my god, so quickly. But divorce jokes are funny. Mm -hmm. Just don't ask my mom. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the opening theme is by Nerf Herder. Uh, Allison Hannigan actually turned Joss Whedon on to it. He was having trouble finding music for the opening theme, and she was of like... Of course she did. She's, she's my favorite. She's the best. But she was like, I know this band. They're really good. Listen to their music. They came in and recorded it. Um, a fun fact about it, according to Joss Whedon in the commentary that I listened to earlier today, um, at some point in the rec in the opening theme during the first two seasons, they're, at some point in the song, they get off the beat somewhere. Weird. Um, and honestly, I Was don't... Was it live recorded? I'm not sure. I, I think they came in and recorded it. They had to do it quickly. They didn't have a lot of time yeah, to, yeah. like, get it perfect. That's odd. Um, I honestly... 
you will pre- you might hear I'm it. I'm gonna tell you what happened. <laughs> now I'm gonna like hone in on that and be like, oh, the guitar was not on the end of three in the the return of the um, no. So apparently that's a thing. Um, they come in and re they re recorded it for the third. I think it's the third season, and you can tell that there's a difference once we get to the that season that the theme song the music is exactly the same, but it's it really does sound a little cleaner. Yeah. Um, so that's just, a fun just fact like about different the tracks. Got kind of like possibly. You know, that's like I'm an not, easy thing to mess up. I'm not the musical one. Uh, I'm the cute one. And I'm the smart one. Is that where we're going? With <laughs> Damn i I don't I don't like that I drove myself right into that track. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so what's next? We uh, we open with uh, Buffy wakes. Buffy's having a bad dream. Okay, she. Oh yeah, we're doing the the plot. The plot. Um, she's having all these nightmares of things that I wonder if they'll show up in. Oh yeah, episodes. whenever is Giles. Giles. Okay, Giles is like. Oh well, of course you're not having any of the nightmares yet, and she's like. No. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think what she does is, no one can see me doing this because this is audio, but she does the uh, eyebrows, eyes wide raised, like, "Mm." there's a very verbal or non-verbal, no. But he can't see her face. That's true. But the audience can. Yeah. There. We know. We also saw her nightmare. So she has the nightmares. She's having these nightmares. She wakes up and her mom's like, Buffy. You're gonna who's, be like this cool. Who's the actress? Uh, Christine Sutherland. I like her. I love her. I don't remember what she in. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, <laughs> that explains why. Like, I have this just like and they, unabashed you, you just, like, like love for that character. They were. She played, I believe, the next door like mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, did they they got like trapped in the neighbor's yard at one point? Yeah. Okay. With Auntie, remember Auntie, their aunt friend that they made that got killed by the scorpion and was possibly one of scorpion, the earliest like trauma. Yeah, one of the like one of my earliest traumas, scorpion and honey, I shrunk the kid that, that murdered fucking Auntie. <laughs> that so. like um, land before time. <laughs> Listen, land before time. Before on nineties, <laughs> the land before time. Actually, technically late eighties, but. When the T-Rex kills his mom, and they don't show, like, the the fight, but then they definitely show his mom, like, lying there dying <laughs> with a big chunk missing from her, and I was like... That's a lot more than, like, Lion King. <laughs> like, Lion King's traumatizing, but, like... Kind of... Lion King's very traumatizing, but the Don Bluth cartoons from that era were... Also, just started watching the, um... Watership Down remake. Oh, Yeah. It's intense. Watership Down is intense. I mean, Just like, I general. knew that, but I don't think I watched it as a kid because of that. Uh, it's so upsetting. The, or the, Reddit. I the, know it's a book. The rabbits are, like, frothing at the mouth and, like, ugh. No. So, Buffy's mom drops her off at school, and she's all like, love you, make good choices, don't burn it down, or don't get kicked out. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's like a... She gets really? out of the car, and there's, like, a million kids on the front lawn. Uh-huh. 
And that's when I saw one of my favorite, like, 90s outfits, I think. Okay. It's one of the extras. It's the um, rollerblader. It's a, a young African-American woman with a high ponytail and, like, a gold outfit. I don't think I saw her. But she was on rollerblades for the whole scene, so that was kind of impressive. Nice. I don't think I noticed her, but I... She's one of the few on rollerblades, I think, that's what <laughs> caught my eye. That's, that's what, a, what a thing to say about the 90s. One, one, one of the people on rollerblades. I think there was one, maybe two. Um, so, in that same scene, we meet Xander, who... He's skateboarding. He's skateboarding. Um, fun fact about Xander on a skateboard. This, um, this is not a spoiler. Um, I guess it kind of is, but it's not. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> uh, this is the only time we will see Xander on his skateboard for the entire series. They discovered after mm. filming him on a skateboard that it was really hard to, like, hmm. get it all right and to do it. So they were like, no more Xander skateboard. Um... We'll see him carrying his skateboard for continuity's sake a couple times, but okay. but that's it. Um, Meet uh, Allison Hannigan's name. What's her name? Willow. Will, we meet Willow. Xander and Willow. We meet them, and they're um, it's they, we have a brief scene with them. It's cute. I kind of thought they were like brother and sister for a second, but they're not. They're not. They're, I almost said they're boyfriend and girlfriend, but they're it also works. not that. In kindergarten. In kindergarten. He's um, like a Barbie, which was like a weird thing for me to decipher. <laughs> I was like, that's weird. Oh, okay. I really like their relationship. Um, I think uh, Allison Hannigan and Nicholas Brendan play this really brief scene really well. They're, the relationship feels really, really lived in. Like mm. I, I feel like these two people have been friends a really long time. Eventually, Buffy goes to the principal's office. She goes to the principal's office. She meets Principal Flutie. She's not in trouble yet. She's not in, tr- not in trouble yet. She meets Principal Flutie. Uh, the students are free to call him Bob, but they don't. <laughs> Which I, you know, I've, you know, I've mentioned I, I watched Buffy for the first time, like, in my senior, after my senior year of high school. So it's been almost eight years. Yeah. And... The I've right always finish. wondered about that that moment where he's like, they're free to call me Bob, but they don't. I'm like, what is... He's like, I'm the cool mom. Right, he's the cool mom. Um, I've always just wondered about that line, like, is that supposed to indicate that Principal Flutie just has such a sad life, he really wants the students to call him Bob, but they don't? I don't know don't. about him yet. That's my reading, is that but he really wants to be the cool really principal, but he's The thing that really bothers me about not. their whole interaction is when he tears it up and he pieces it back together, it looks like a fucking Rubik's Cube, because it's not in the... It's, like, clearly not readable. Not it is legible. not. He puts it together so haphazardly. And then he just, like, closes the file. You know he's never going to look at that file again. I mean, will he know to put the pieces together correctly? He seems no. a little, like, stressed. That's no. all. <laughs> uh, Buffy is the same in that scene. She's all like, that hospital I burned down. Hospital? That yeah. gym I burned down was full of vampire asbestos. And it's like... Yeah, he didn't grab that. Smooth. He didn't touch that. How could you not? It wasn't that she was like, it was full of uh, asbestos. She, straight, she said vampire. vampire. Like... 
She she said Bam, almost best best. She said almost the entire word. But you know, actually, I take that back. I think he was in the middle of his haphazard taping. He was talking while she said that. But uh, it's definitely my Should note we? here that I wrote after full of vamp asbestos is smooth Buffy with like six O's. Okay. She leaves the principal's office. He's like, don't worry about it. And then she drops her books. And she... Is Xander spelled with an X or a Z? An X. X X-A-N-D-E-R. It's... His name's Alexander. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna, like, cross this out one second. Okay. Um, so yeah, she bumps into he's Xander. He's like, can I hold you? Can I have you? Oh, okay. And then she's like, because he spills, when they bump into each other, she spills her bag, and he's all like, can I have you? And then he's like, uh, can I help you? And it's like, mm-hmm. on one hand, I judge him. I judge him for that moment, because you should never say, can I have you, to a person you've never met. <laughs> but... I was also once an awkward 17-year-old, or I guess he's not even 17 at this point, he's probably like 15, 16, mm. who, when faced with people I was attracted to, was like, She said something, uh, uh, what's her name, Olive? No. Willow? Willow. <laughs> She's like, I just pick awkward vowel sounds. <laughs> so relatable um so they have an awkward moment he helps her pick up her things and she runs off he's got her steak and she's he's like i've got your steak that was my favorite when she's like (laughs) pepper spray is so passing (laughs) (laughs) once again another example uh just like her vampire asbestos Buffy's not a great liar under pressure. She's in class after that, right? She goes to class. Uh, her teacher talks about the Black Death. She's Black like, plague. the Black Plague. Is it? No, the Black Death, which was the plague. I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, it doesn't seem like you would have learned in this class out there. Nobody was answering questions. Uh, she shares her book, which, like okay, actually, why didn't she get her fucking books before, before that this is like a weird like are they in college are they in high school moment for me because like that seemed like a college class the like oh you can go get your books from the library like no right now i it's i've i've never transferred in the middle of a school year but i was the new kid once at school and it wasn't just like oh where do i get my books it's like there's a very specific place you get your books yeah and and I can't Either imagine the bookstore, right? Yeah, or you had them before you started class. Yeah, and you wouldn't like, you wouldn't get into the middle of one of your classes and be like, "There's a book for this class." Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird moment. It's it's clearly meant to introduce Cordelia and also get Buffy to the library, yes. but and it, Cordelia seems kind of benevolent at, at this first. Point. For a second. But she still gave me a vampire vibe. She's not a vampire. She's also like the first person that she meets. It's true. So like I was just like, is she a vampire? She meets Cordy. Cordy's really nice to her. They have a popularity test where she's like asking her all these questions. She's like, what do you think about frappuccinos? And you know what? I agree with Buffy's answer. Trendy, but tasty. Like... I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I'm not going to drink a frappuccino because people won't think I'm cool. Frappuccinos taste good. I don't have one if I want one. 
But she passes Cordy's uh, popularity test, but then they see Willow, and uh, Cordelia delivers the mother of all insults to Willow and tells her, you've seen the softer side of Sears. (laughs) (laughs) Which is both a, a terrible insult, but I also was like... That's devastating. Yeah. She's devastating because it's true. Willow's outfit is... level (laughs) bullying. (laughs) Did you eat a brain tumor for breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But I really, really do love Buffy's reaction to that moment. We see that she... We see her heroic side, I think. Even in this moment, this small moment of she sees someone powerful, um, someone quote-unquote, in the context, evil, picking on someone helpless and weak, and Buffy takes, you know, Buffy takes Willow's side in this moment. She doesn't say anything, um, but we see her, her opinion of Cordelia, who has, at this point, been nothing but nice to her, plummet. Um, And it's a really good acting moment from Sarah Michelle Gellar. Buffy never says a word, but we see her, how her opinion of Cordelia changes really quickly. She's going to the library. She goes to the library. And, and she's like, I'm looking for, for books. books. And Giles, the British librarian, pulls out his giant fucking tome that says Vampire, slams it on the counter, and is like, is this what you're looking for? And I'm like, chill, Giles. You're coming on real strong. Mm. And Buffy feels the same, clearly, because she's like, no. No. Can you imagine? She's like, I want... Okay, this Sorry, is go one ahead. of the notes I have. Yeah. She says a line... I think what she says to him or to... No, no, never mind. I'll save it. Continue. All right. So... Yeah, so he he's coming on real strong with his vampire book, and my thought is like... Okay, it's very unlikely that there could be another new student that day. But what if there was? What if there was another student? Let's call her... She's middle of the Suffy Bummers. And she's the other new student who starts that day. And she walks in and she's like, I'm new. I need a book. And I'm she, also wearing a miniskirt and thigh-high boots. Right? And Giles is like, is this the book you want? And she's like, I'm calling the police. You're weird. I don't like this. Um, I'm just saying, Giles, that's not a great way to introduce yourself to a person. Yeah, like maybe verify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He so, does, well, to, in fairness, he does verify that she is Buffy. who she is. And, you know, we get the impression so he knows that she's coming. Him. Yeah, she is not happy. Um, she gets out of there. We she's like get oh, our next scene is a locker room with two girls. We talked about this earlier. This is my favorite. And they're talking about um, they're talking about Buffy, and uh, they're girl. like, and they've got this slang in this episode that really only appears in this episode. It's very apparently. According to Joss Whedon in the commentary, very California slang, okay. where they're like, Neg, Neg Lee. And it's, it's very... I didn't even catch that. It, it's, it's very weird. Um, but one of them is like, what kind of a name is Buffy anyway? And this other girl says to her, hey, Aphrodisia. <laughs> and then we learn that the girl she's talking to's name is Aura, and they have a, another friend named Blue, which I'm going to just presume is not blue ivy okay yeah 
Um, like Blue's Clues, probably. Probably Blue's Clues is who she was named after. But uh, they're talking of they're talking shit about Buffy. Aura opens her locker. Dead guy. Dead guy. Okay. Balls out. She screams. It's a good horror movie scream. Yeah. Like. And then they're like outside by like a fountain or something. Yeah, they're uh, like a picnic table. Uh, or, Will- or Buffy. They're outside in the thing. school. Buffy goes up to Willow and is like, "Hey, let's be friends." And Willow's like, "But you're friends with Cordelia. You can't be friends they're with like, me." It's a cafeteria. It's outside. <laughs> it's the nineties. Um. <laughs> or whatever. And. <laughs> So, uh, Xander and Jesse come up, and they're all talking, and we're getting to know these guys a bit more. She's like, are you sure you want to hang out with me? She's like, And Willow's like, Buffy's like, yeah, I want to hang out with you. One, you seem smart, and you can help me pass my classes. Which is, like, a honorable way of being, like, I need you to help me pass my class. Yeah. It is. You're not wrong. Like, she could have been like, well, of course I'm hanging out with you. You're the smartest one. I don't know. She tell. I mean, she tells her, like, straight up she needs her help to pass classes. But yeah. she's also nice to her. She's... Yeah. Um, she's not bullying her. Uh, speaking of bullies, though, Cordelia comes up and has... Mm. I think one of my favorite lines, just, like, exchanges in the episode where she tells Buffy, um... Uh... She had mentioned to Buffy earlier in the episode that they would she'd see her in gym, mm-hmm. and she's all like, th- at this point, she's like, "Oh, you're not gonna meet Coach, whoever, the, the one, one with the chest, the woman with the chest hair, due to a case of an extreme, extreme dead, dead guy in the locker." <laughs> and they're like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, some dead guy was shoved in Aura's locker," and Buffy's like, "Dead," and Cordelia's like, "Way dead, totally dead, or no, totally dead, way dead." And Xander's like, I think not just a little bit. Dead guy is the like most '90s. It's so good, and I love the whole sense. It's uh, due to a case of extreme, extreme dead, dead guy dead. in the it locker. Sounds like a like a like a disease you'd get. Extreme sport. <laughs> um, and then her just like way dead, totally dead, not just a little dead. And okay. then her retort to Xander, "Don't you have an elsewhere to be?" Which that sounds like like and such as the Iraq. what it's not a whole sentence (laughs) oh yes um i was like did you just have a stroke that's what it sounded like a little bit i was referencing a beauty pageant (laughs) a failed beauty pageant yeah whatever um but cordy's line don't you have an elsewhere to be is one of my favorites it's one that i definitely have never used (laughs) in my real life so then like class is over and they go home? Uh, not yet. Where do they go? Um, so, Buffy... Or does it go, like, to the demons and Buffy, shit? um... Buffy breaks into the locker room. She in- examines the body. Okay. She she's like, she's like, She's oh. like, did he have any bruises? She's like, it's a vampire. She's upset. She goes to... That was another one of the moments where I was like, is this cliche or is it what? Like, I couldn't tell the, the tone. Which... Where she was like, does he have any markings? Well, she's got to know. She's investigating. But, like, Cordelia didn't pick up on what she was laying down. But it's true. Cordelia often does not pick up what other people are laying down. 
Like, she obviously meant, like, throat bites. And Cordelia was like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? Which is fair. Like, <laughs> how the fuck is she supposed to know? Like, it's not like the teacher who found the... Or whatever, like, the, the cop was like, oh, young lady, you're very pretty. Come here, let me tell you the details of this case. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I think, I think Cordelia's indignation at being asked these questions is fair. Like... No. Uh, so she goes to Giles and she is not pleased. She's, she's like, hey, I'm in this library. Where the fuck are you? Pretty much. And she like tells all of her secrets and Xander overhears. Yes. And she's really upset because she's, she is not about this Slayer life. She's she like, wants to be wants to be a normal girl. She wants to do normal teenage girl things. And I think this is where she used the line that I really liked. She's yeah. like, what did she say? She said, what I want is to be left alone. And why I like that line mm-hmm. is because there's a, a song in A Christmas Carol, the musical. Oh. Scrooge says the same thing. He says, what I want is to be left alone. Interesting. And then the song ends. So when she said it, I was like, oh, it's like... <laughs> it's like A Christmas Carol. Well, that, that show came out in the 90s, too. So maybe they were referencing Buffy. You never know. Maybe. Or maybe... Buffy was referencing them. Or maybe no one was referencing anyone. It's, that's probably more likely the case. Um, but it's true. I mean, I Buffy's whole thing in this in this scene is that she... He she explains to her that he's a watcher. Yes, very she's important. She's a slayer. Evidently, there's like a sleeper. And there's like... There, the sleeper and is not and a Prancer thing. and Vixen and Common and Keep and Donna Vixen. <laughs> What what else is there vampire lore that like I need to know? Um, nothing in this episode yet. Okay, we'll get a lot more in the next episode. Um, they'd already talked about like how you become a vampire. Yeah, we learned how do you become a vampire. You have to suck. They have to suck your blood. You have to suck their blood. As Buffy says, it's a whole sucking thing. Mostly, they're just gonna kill you. Okay. Um, which I like that. I like that. Like. Um, that yeah, it's it's good. Why like why doesn't everyone who gets bit become a vampire? Because they're not into that. They're mostly just gonna kill you. But like, yeah, it's it it's helpful. It's good. It's good lore there. Um, Giles is her watcher, but she's not having it. She just wants to be left alone. She wants to be a normal girl. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see. Yeah, and Xander overhears this whole thing, and he's like, this shit's nuts. What is this crazy chick doing at our school? And then she gets ready for the party? Then she gets ready for the party. She's going to go to the bronze, and she's, um, she's, like, trying to pick out her outfit, and Joyce comes in, and Joyce is like... Joyce is all like, I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. mom. She's like, I read all the books. Let's just say over parent, over nurture. Over yeah, something like that. She's she's deaf she mentioned she's read the parenting books. Yeah. And uh she's like talking about how she's gonna go Puffy's like, I'm going to this club with my friends, and she's like, Will there be boys there? And Buffy's like, No, mom, it's a nun club. <laughs> and I'm like solid retort, Buffy. Yeah. Uh which makes me think like what kind of club is what? this? Like what the fuck? So, my reaction to the bronze is definitely, like, what the fuck sort of place is this? But didn't there used to be a place, like, here, like... Where, like, underage people could go? Yeah, it was, like, a bar. It was, like, a club. But, like, they didn't serve alcohol. Um, It was, like, 
Cafe Oasis. Was that, that was a hookah bar. That I was think. a hookah bar. I think. Cafe 360. That's a hookah bar. There's, For sure. There, okay. I feel like there was a place that like, that was like in town that used to be like, it was like a bar slash club. But, like, I mean like theoretically those businesses left. exist, but like yeah. I've never seen them. So I yeah. was a little bit like. It's a little, it's a bit this? of a weird place, but. It she, was a different time. It was the 90s. That's true. So Buffy is walking to the bronze. We haven't actually gotten to the bronze yet. Okay. Where she meets David Boreanaz. Okay. What? That's a lot to... There's just like no explanation of any of that. That's true. He shows up. mysterious. And he's very mysterious and he's very vague and he's like, the harvest is coming. But he's not a vampire. Or is he? I don't know. I do know. But I'm not going to tell you. Um, my notes here just say so goddamn vague. He's yeah. he's just very cryptic. He gives her a necklace. It's a cross, which Silver. will be helpful. Yeah. In he's like, watch your back. Yeah. And he's all like, he's like, she's like, who are you? And he's like, who a friend. You? And then something like, I never said it was your friend. And it's like, Okay. That's buddy. what he said. <laughs> it's like, buddy, calm down. Um, and um, just a fun fact about David Boreanaz. Um, this is not a fun fact about David Boreanaz. This is a fun fact about my marriage. One time when I was watching an episode of Buffy uh, that David Boreanaz was in, John, my husband, was like, "I'm if I ever kill you, I'm going to cut you up into a bunch of pieces and mail the different pieces to David Boreanaz. <laughs> You would like that. I, maybe. So she gets to the bronze and she, um, she's a little awkward. Some guy starts waving and she's like, hey! I did that the other day. But. <laughs> I totally did. Nice. Uh, she runs into Willow. They have a really nice scene where they, they talk. Willow, Buffy gives Willow some advice. She's like, seize the day. Seize the day. You know, and then she sees Giles and she's like, oh, I gotta go. She's like, I'll be right back. And Willow has this line where she's like, well, you don't have to come back. And Buffy's like, I'm gonna come back. Yeah. Like, And I think it's a really sweet moment. It, it shows Willow's definitely her shrinking violet nature she's not expecting buffy to come back she thinks that buffy's just being polite and buffy picks up on that and just reassures her like no i'm gonna come back she Uh, talks to giles he's like you don't understand mm -hmm. he's like you gotta hone your senses feel it and he's like really think about it take your time and before she even takes her time she's like he's right there yep she's like there's a vampire also, look at his fashion. That's why he's a vampire. He's ten years behind. And but unfortunately, that vampire is talking to. Yeah, what's in again? Willow, who is played by Alison Hannigan. Uh, also, during this, uh, Cordelia is talking about her mom, who has Epstein Barr. That was a weird. Okay, that was a moment. She like went through all of the the. Diagnoses her mom might have had. Well, specifically, she's her mom's been diagnosed with something, and Cordelia rejects that diagnosis because it's not fashionable enough, and insists that her mom has uh, either chronic hepatitis or chronic fatigue syndrome. 
Um, and then Jesse comes up to ask her to dance. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, she's he's like, she's, she's like, like, let's go, girls. Yeah, and she's all like, do you want to dance? And he, she's like, with you. And he's like, well, uh, yeah. And she's like, well, uh, no. <laughs> and it's very mean. Um, so eventually, but that leads him to Darla. Yeah. And then she's flirting with him, and I laughed. I chuckled every time she said Darla because of little rascals. <laughs> but um, he gets abducted eventually, so does... So does Willow. Willow. And From, she's like, where did they go? Yeah, Buffy... And he finds her outside, and he's like, I know you're a vampire hunter. Mm-hmm. Oh, before that, though, she like nearly stakes Cordelia. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's like prowling around Which for the vampire. I'm just gonna say now, like... Maybe she should have. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I know, I know, but I think Buffy would have been better off if she just staked that bitch. Right now. <laughs> um, she nearly stakes Cordy, and Cordy's like, what is your childhood trauma? Uh, that's just a good line. Great line. Love that line. But her girlfriends are like with her. Like, they're outside of the bathroom. To be fair, I'm, yeah, no, I'm like... I'm on Cordy's side. Like, I get that it was an accident and Buffy was, like, in Slayer mode. But if if someone came at me and, like, grabbed me by the throat and pushed me against the wall and had a wooden stake that they were about to kill me with, I'd be, like, rude. <laughs> I'd have nothing nice to say. Um, um, we cut to the Master's Lair, uh, where the Master's, like, coming out of the blood, the blood pool. thing, which, that was, like, some weird visual effects. He wasn't actually, like, wet at all. So, that was actually, that's an interest. that takes me to my point. Uh, my next point was, um, originally, according to Joss Whedon on the commentary, they wanted him to be covered in blood when he came out of the pool. But and to be covered in blood for the rest of the like episode. The prosthetic or something? It was, the, he didn't go into details, but apparently just the practicality of it was was not working. Okay. Um, I looked at him as he like came out. I was like, he's dry. Yeah. So, so he comes out, he's the, uh, presumably the leader of these vampires. Yeah. Um, he's the but he's trapped. He's the sleeper. He's the master. And he's, he's trapped down there. There's some sort of force field keeping him in. Um, and specifically it's him that's being like trapped down there. Not his, um, not his cronies or anything. You made me. You said some sort of force field. It made me think of. Uh, it was that shimmery thing. Um, it made me think of. Uh, not a bug's life, but I think it's the 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 other one. Ants. Ants. Oh, with, with the, the cellophane. cellophane. Yeah, it's like some, some kind sort of force, force field. field. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to like bite the sandwich. Yes. Uh, um. So, so the, the master is trapped, but they're going to bring him some food, which we know is Darla, Willow and Cordelia. Yeah, well, who's she's hungry. She's Christ. like, she said something about like, enough to share. And I was like, girl. <laughs> like, she took a nibble before she's like, she's like, I know I'm delivering. It's like, she's like Postmates. Yeah. She's like delivering Jesse to the master because he's ordered him, but she's like, I'm just going to try a bite. Yeah. It's like, you're not a very good delivery person, Darla. Uh, so Darla and Willow, or Willow and Xander, goddamn. Xander and. So Jesse and Willow have been brought to the crypt by the two vampires uh, with Xander and Buffy hot on their heels to rescue them. 
Uh, they show up. Buffy kills Thomas, the one vampire. And Darla's like, whoa, wasn't expecting that. But she also says, like, he was young and naive. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Young and stupid is what she calls him. But she still, she says it, but that, to me, it feels, she's visibly freaked out by She's trying to, like, justify what he was doing. Yeah, she's saving face. But she's, yeah, there's definitely, she's still like, She's uh like, why did you murder him? He wasn't our leader. Yeah, she's very, like, um... She's very surprised that Buffy is able to kill one of them. Um, she's, uh, but she does justify. But also, it as, she's stronger, and so is the other one. And yeah, so the guy uh, Luke, Luke appears. Uh, Buffy escape or who is not the dude from not Men the in dude Black, from Men in Black like we thought. But they both have. I think that's Vincent D'Onofrio. I think I don't have any recall of that stuff. So um, I think that's who it is. So Xander, Jesse, and Willow escape from the uh, from the crypt. Darla follows them. Mm-hmm. Buffy and Luke fight. Lucas, Lucas, strong. He throws Buffy into a one of the. He's like a big like a, toe. He's like a big toe. Yeah. Oh, he's he does kind of look like a toe. He's a Lenny. Uh, <laughs> uh, he throws her into like a, one of the crypts. Jumps in after, attacks her. Uh, we cut to, we see uh, outside, Xander, Willow, and Jesse are surrounded by vampires. Tim. To be continued. She, he, put, he like throws her into the thing, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, and that's attack when her. it like continues. Yeah. Okay. Fun. So, so that's the story. We've that's talked it. about the plot. What about character discussion? Is there any other like. Uh, character notes you want to throw in there I'm I'm gonna say just I feel like we we talked a lot about character the just we did the characters already um what do you think you'd like to wrap up I love summarize? Willow yeah I just I love Willow I love Willow I she love was Willow. like I, that must be totally dull right she's and it's like oh my gosh you're not you're so cute yeah um so Willow's great um yeah and let's see who. What are all the characters? Let's just go through. So our main characters, Buffy. according to the credits, yeah. are Buffy, Xander, Willow, Cordelia, and Giles. Okay. Um, but we've also got a couple other characters. Cordelia's um, a vampire. Giles is annoying. Um, I don't know what to say about Xander, and Buffy just wants to leave. That's fair. Okay. Um, we've also got uh, some of our villainous characters, Luke, Darla, and the Master, um, and of course our mysterious friend, David Boreanaz. We don't know his name yet, except for it's on that action figure in the bookshelf, <laughs> but whatever. We'll, we'll save saying his name, even though we know it, for the next, yeah. for when we learn it. And then, um, yeah, that's about it. So, as far as thematically, there's not a lot thematically, this... Uh, we we learn Buffy really wants to be normal. Mm-hmm. She does not. She's not into her her Slayer life. Um, it's a big theme for her in this episode. I was also gonna like bring up the like, the camp level again because mm-hmm. that was a big thing for me to like a big hurdle for me to yeah for me to cross um, with this one. Just, especially a lot of Sarah Michelle Gellar's delivery. Mm-hmm. I was just like, is this a joke? 
or not. A lot of it is a joke. Yeah, yeah. Like, when the jokes are jokes, they're jokes. That was not a sentence. (laughs) When the jokes are jokes, I hear that they are jokes. Um, so, my takeaway from this episode, overall, um... Oh, hold up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. We skipped the music. There is some. There is some. There's There's a theme song, and there's a band. The theme song, which we talked about, was Nerf Herder. Uh, there's a band in the bronze, and that band is Sprung Monkey. But I was, uh, I, when I first like heard them and saw them, I was like, oh no, white people with dreadlocks. And then they zoomed in, and there was actually no white people with dreadlocks. It was just mostly white guys with long hair, and then a, a, a black dude with dreadlocks. Ah. So. It's like. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh no, 90s. Like, oh. But the song sounded fine. Um, it's so very 90s. It was very 90s. Very kind of grungy and like almost reggae-ish. I don't even know. A little bit. We'll see a lot of um, a lot of bands in the bronze as we go on. Mm-hmm. But what's your takeaway? Um, my takeaway, I generally enjoy the pilot. I think it is, um, it does a really good job of introducing us to all the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the five that you stated, the, the five main characters that we've got and, and a couple the more villains. who were who more supporting characters. Um, so it was an, uh, Angel, I know his name. It was a villain. Maybe. I don't know. I know you don't. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Whatever. We'll get to that. Um, no, I think the episode does a really good job of introducing the, uh, our characters, exposition. introducing a lot. Of, it's a lot of exposition. It is. For better or for worse, it is a pilot of a TV series, yeah. which is a hard thing to make. And I think they make a generally successful one. Oh it does not rank n- anywhere near the top of my favorite episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think it does a good job of, of introducing us to what we need to know about the show. Yeah, I think that's my general takeaway. It was just kind of like, I was trying to figure out the tone of it like is this a comedy is it a horror film like what am i watching but i i liked it it was it was fun some of sarah michelle geller's delivery is interesting for me mm-hmm. um but i have a feeling i'll have a better better take on that as we go um yeah i guess moving on like my prediction of what will happen is one, Cordelia is a vampire. Two, I can't tell if Xander is going to be the love interest or mysterious man in the crypt. Um, three, I feel like I just, I don't know what to think about Willow yet. Like, I think she's, like, fun and cute and, like, you know, adorable little sister character. But, like, I'm just kind of like, what am I supposed to think about you? Um, I think she will have her moment. Mm -hmm. Upcoming. That's all I got. I Um, wonder if you're right. What about? um, That's about it. So I know you mentioned there's lots of like stunt doubles and stuff, and that's 90s filmmaking, I guess. But I think I found one. Yes. And it was in the ending, in the big like fight scene, and he throws her against the the crypt, the coffin thing, 
before he throws her into it. Um, mm. Like when she hits, like when it he kind of like breaks her back, kind of mm-hmm. you know, and she rolls over onto the other side. But when she rolls over, you can't see her face at all. You're like, they did not throw Sharon. They did not Sharon sh- Michelle. <laughs> they Geller. did not throw Seller Michelle Geller. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like yeah. that was probably a stunt double, just because you couldn't see her face. You're probably it right. It looked painful. It did look painful. Yeah, that's all I got. Well, with that, we're going to pause, mm. uh, and we're going to go watch part two of this episode, The Harvest. In the meantime, we'll have a brief segment where Tyler and I will talk about our favorite gay moments from each episode that we're talking about this week, as well as learn a little bit of gay vocab. Ooh. What vocab words will we learn that are gay? What is on the gay agenda for today? Alright Harrison, during this double feature, I think this is a nice stopping point for us to introduce our next segment, which is called The Gay Agenda. Oh my. Yes, during this portion, we're going to wholeheartedly endorse and give our gay stamp of approval. Stamp. You know, because we're, we're sources of authority on this type of thing. I am. And, you know, finding our favorite moments, interactions, scenes, what have you. So, for this episode, welcome to the Hellmouth? Hellmouth? The Hellmouth. The Hellmouth. What would you say is the gayest moment for you? Or the most gay-approved moment? Well, I have two. Okay. Um, and I talked about this in our episode proper. Mm-hmm. Um, is Buffy's hidden life. She's got the double life, um, the visual metaphor of her weapons under her uh, her normal girl stuff. I like that. It speaks to me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. My other one is Luke. I think Luke has... He's the big scary vampire. Oh, right, right. The one that looks like the dude from Men in Black. Yeah. I, I think he has just a big-ass crush on the master. Yeah, they're all kind of like, I don't know, maybe that's the like Judeo-Christian like mm-hmm. kind of overtones in vampirism. Like they're Very all, erotic. I love you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a little gay for me. Um, what are, what's your, what's your gay agenda, Tyler? I have one, um, and I certainly agree with yours. Um, maybe you'll contest me on this, but I'm oh. maybe... My gay moment is Giles. Okay. And here's why. I mean, he's a librarian. Mm-hmm. Gay. But like, generally... Well, yeah, and, like, we're talking, like, subversion of genre, subversion of a lot of stuff. Like, the librarian character is always a woman. So, like... It's true. So, like, right off the bat, you know, he's kind of an enigma. And then you don't learn a lot about him because she just, like, kind of runs away. But whenever they come back, you know, he is pretty matter-of-fact with her. He calls himself a watcher. That sounds like a sexual orientation. (laughs) Um, But she's a girl, so that doesn't strengthen my argument. Um, However, the moment, I think, that was a little weird for me, and I was like, what the fuck, Giles, is when he shows up at the bronze, and he's, like, by himself. Just a little creepy, a little, like, I don't, uh, maybe not the gayest moment, but it's just not, I don't know. I'm just like, I feel like he was there for other reasons. <laughs> he was cruising. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. 
I like he, he was like, oh Buffy, you know, <laughs> I happened to see you here, like as if he got caught, but like really like maybe he wasn't there to save her. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. I'd like to see where that goes. Alrighty. But this also brings us to our next segment. Yes. Which is part of this big gay segment. Big gay segment. <laughs> it is our gay vocab of the yes. week. So, I've been, like, married and with... To a man. To a man. For, and, like, in this relationship for so long. I just... I'm out of gay slang. I don't know. I don't know it anymore. Like so Tyler, yeah, I'm a gay hermit. So Tyler, I need your like help. You, y'all got together like before Grinder was a thing. Yeah. Uh, what basically? I, I was about to be like, oh, should that be our gay vocab of the week, Grinder? But we um, could. We'll we'll save that one. Yeah. Um. So for this episode, um, the word that I would like to help teach you. Okay. Um, is, I've already used it once in the episode. Perhaps you caught it. Mm, perhaps. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but the, the word today is clock. Like a TikTok clock. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Um, it is gonna be a verb, usually, instead of the noun that you just described. So, this is to spot what someone is trying to hide. Or, more specifically, to point out a person's flaws. Mm. To uncover or reveal the truth in a situation, or perhaps one's true gender. A lot of the vocab words that we're using are from RuPaul's Drag Race, and their fandom, and my fandom. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we'll try to take them out of the context of maybe drag race and drag queens and apply them to the world that is Buffy. Okay, so, and what... See, I've, I've heard it used this way before, but never did I know that it was gay. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, like, at least in the competition setting in drag race, to, like, maybe see that, like, one, somebody's, like, one nail fell off, or, like, their, uh, you know, eyelashes are coming unglued, or something like that. A really fine detail... And being able to clock it, kind of, not unlike, um, say, like, a state trooper, like, clocking the speed on the side of a road with, like, a, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a radar gun. <laughs> state trooper, I know that seems like a weird analogy, but to clock someone's errors okay. or, or kind of, um, yeah. Can you give me an example from this episode? Yeah. Tyler? So, an example of clocking this verb would be probably from Cordelia mm-hmm. on the way into school. I guess they're already in school at this point. Um, and in the hallway, whenever mm-hmm. she says the bit about looks like Willow's seeing the softer side of Sears. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Wonderfully, wonderfully clocking her outfit. Um, really, I guess, the core of this definition would be to point out a person's flaws. Um... Not the nicest. And maybe I can disambiguate. Like, in in Drag Race, generally speaking, in the competition setting, mm-hmm. you know, they're presenting, like, an elegant evening look, and maybe, like, one little thing is wrong. You would clock that. Clock the detail. But gotcha. here, 
Willow's giving you a whole, you know, dowdy, homeschooled look. So it is a pretty easy clock from Cordelia's. Cordelia clock, clocked that pretty easily, mm. as anyone might, I feel like, yeah. especially in these early episodes. Um, I imagine, uh, you know, Willow looks particularly nerdy, uh, and Xander seems to look very unattractive. So you've clocked them. Yeah, exactly. I clocked that. I did it. You know? Yeah. Good use. Well, with that, why don't we go ahead and get to discussing The Harvest. What are you drinking, Tyler? You know, some box wine? It's actually from a bottle, but I don't know what type of wine it is either. It sprayed at John whenever he tried to take the cork out. <laughs> he was like, I think he just like injected the cork too far while he was like trying to... He When he was trying to pull the cork out, he instead accidentally pushed the cork in. So which is air pressure and then just vacuums wine shit but it is red it is i believe a merlot i honestly i don't remember off the top of my head but i am pro it i love wine well here's to you here's to me best of friends will always be should we ever disagree fuck you here's to me we clinked in the middle and that's weird that's fine. <laughs> um so, round part two, The Harvest. Uh, we pick up pretty much exactly where we left. Not pretty much. We pick up exactly, exactly where we left off. Like Luke is... Crypt. He's about to kill her. It's kind of, like, sexual. He's, like, all up in her face. He's... Yeah, there's definitely... Um, there's... There is more than a hint of, of sexual violence, I would say. Yeah. We're, um, which, I mean, is pretty par for the course for vampires. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, going as far back as Dracula, that's, you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a certain amount of sexuality with vampires. Um, luckily, she's wearing the... The... the, the yeah, the, I... So... <laughs> I wrote on my notes, crucifix. But there's no It Jesus. is not a crucifix, but I'm a Catholic. Well, I'm a quote-unquote Catholic. Uh, I grew up Catholic, so all crosses are crucifixes to me, whether or not they have Jesus on them. What, does it matter if Jesus is wearing clothes or not? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's just, if it's a crucifix, does it, matter it has it Jesus, Jesus on it. Okay. And it's like the whole thing between the difference between Catholics and Protestants. One of the difference between Catholics and Protestants is like, well, it's Catholics have Jesus on the crucifix to like make you feel bad or whatever. But Protestants do just the cross without Jesus on it because it's supposed to be like, he's not on the cross anymore. Um, But that is not relevant to this. Uh, So her cross though, like, Luke is not it repels him he's not happy about it she uh she escapes um and she's able to rescue Xander and Willow from the vampires but they're already out of the crypt at that point yeah yeah they've escaped they escaped at the end of the last episode but were surrounded by vampires right um Buffy is able to rescue Xander and Willow from the vampires but Darla gets away with Jesse. Okay. Um, so that's kind of where we, that's where we 
end the the first scene. Mm-hmm. We go to the opening credits, and they're all like, I think that was So then we get back to the episode, and we're in the library, and we have a a bit of a long scene where Giles delivers quite a bit of exposition about the nature of vampires. The lore. The lore. Uh, getting uh, Xander and Willow up to speed on everything. Um, I really, really like this moment where Buffy... They're, they're kind of like in disbelief and Buffy offers all these explanations about like, oh, they weren't vampires. They had rabies. They Is had all these... Being facetious though yeah she's definitely being facetious because i couldn't tell if she was like trying to be like oh yeah they're not well she says that right after she offers all these other explanations and then her next line is that's what i first thought when i that's what i said when i first saw a vampire Mm. she's she's basically cutting them off at the past before they can even even come up with all their justifications of what it could have been she's like no it wasn't any of those things that you're thinking she's like i'm gonna go do this by myself Leave me alone. Pretty you much. stay here and hack the computer with what's-her-name. Willow. Right. So, so yeah, they're like, oh, there's convenient tunnels under the entire city. Well, I like that to... they talk about the tunnels before they put it together. It's true. They're like, well, there are tunnels underneath the whole town, but, like, they don't, she doesn't put together that it's in the crypt. Yeah. For a minute. Um, Willow's like... Sander has the whole, uh, or not Sander, um, Giles has the moment where he's like, oh, we can go to the city planners and get the, the, um, the, the city plans. And they're like, Willow's like, She's actually, like, it's the 90s. I have Internet an idea. is simple. I got it. So she hacks into like the government website or whatever. And she, which she claims that she accidentally, uh, decrypted their security program. So but we then, like, she also is techni- technologically savvy. Yeah, that's the first thing. That's the first, yeah, this is the first time we're getting that Willow is really into computers. She's really savvy with, um, presumably that's a skill that's going to be... Exploited. Useful for them, yeah. It does with Cordelia. Uh, it definitely does with Cordelia. Giles has the great line. What word does she say to Cordelia? She's like, it's the... It's a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Um, Giles has a great line where he tells Buffy to wrest some information from that dread machine. Oh, he's super British. Super yeah. British. I just like that line, and I really love uh, Anthony Head's delivery of it, and then the other the other characters all being like, what the fuck, what the fuck did you just say? Um, so, from there we go down to the Master's Lair. Oh, right, okay. They're all like, Jesse's there with the other characters, um, or all the vampire characters, and the master's like, I was just gonna eat you. But now but you're bait. Now you're bait. Um, so good for the master, thinking strategically. He wants to get the slayer. Um, he, yeah. Um,. So yeah, Buffy has like her little flashback where she's, uh, personally, I find the flashback slightly gratuitous. It's flashing back to the last five minutes of the previous episode. Okay, this, this next thing is not something that I picked up in the episode. I'm scrolling through Wikipedia Uh at this point, but 
when Willow is in the computer lab with Cordelia, they're like, oh, cheat from her. And the web pages that she has up are, she's like researching like vampire shit. She's looking at earthquakes. Right. The she's whole lo- yeah. Yeah, okay. Because that's what, it, I, I don't know, I clearly am just scanning Wikipedia at this <laughs> point. But you know, I didn't pick up on no. that. She's yeah. I just thought she was doing something unrelated. She I what I think what they show us her that she's looking at specifically is earthquakes. Because she and then the next that's what they're saying dis- she comes with that info. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll come back to the lab though. Keep that in mind. What what else is there? Well, Bobby has to leave school, and then there's this Andrew and Willow scene, and then they have to go to the crypt. Okay. Fair. <laughs> and we don't. He's still a dark stranger at this point. He's still a dark stranger. Okay. So Buffy tries to leave school. Principal, Principal Flutie shows up like, and he's all like... And she's like, I'm going to do a magical backflip over this thing. Um, I'll just be real honest. I cannot think of another time in the series where we see Buffy do something like that. It's <laughs> definitely one of those, like, it's the first episode. They haven't quite laid down all the rules yet yeah. of Buffy's powers. Um, you also only see her feet. It's a weird effect. Like, it's... It looks weird. There's definitely like two people, maybe a body double. Definitely a body double. What what it's one and probably two shots spliced over one another, yeah. one of someone jumping up and the other one of someone landing on the yeah. other side. Um so she breaks away. Yeah, she gets she's away. She's trying to get to the crypt. What else happens? Um I can't remember. We um, there's a very brief scene with Xander and Willow in the hallway, um, just discussing, um, Willow's been doing research, all this. She talked about what she found on the web. Yeah, she talks about what she found on the Before web. Before she deleted all of Cordelia's shit. Right. Okay. And she's basically trying to convince Xander not to go follow after Buffy, and, um, and they have a really nice scene together where they talk about, they have a brief dialogue where they talk about how their lives have completely changed mm-hmm. like in less than a day they are now yeah. deeply embroiled in the supernatural stuff and i i really enjoy that that conversation between the two of them mm. uh buffy arrives at the crypt yeah. and uh angel's there and mysterious man he is doesn't he tell she's like what's your name and i don't know if he tells her or not i forget i thought he told her in this episode but maybe not well she asks for his name i remember that he's all cryptic and shit and she's like don't you have friends and he's like nope (laughs) not anymore (laughs) um but he tells her that the if the harvest happens the master will rise and um and then she goes in and he does not go with her and xander shows up and they're in the crypt Um, from there we go back to the computer lab. And that's when the scene happens. That yeah. I like so much. I love this scene. So Cordy's being... Beyond. So nasty. Um, about... About she Buffy. She did get choked and held at... Stick point. point. <laughs> she did. But she also very deliberately lies she exaggerates she exaggerates a She's lot like, I'm not killing exactly she claims that buffy was screaming i'm gonna kill you which is not accurate 
And I say, I, you know, I said lie. In the rush, Buffy, you know, it's it's pretty possible that Cordelia might have imagined I'm going to kill you when yeah. someone's doing that to you. Memory is recreative. It, right. So, um, but Cordy's definitely being kind of nasty about it. Telling her her blonde friend of a diminished intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> she's very like, I'm a mouse. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, she's exactly Amanda Seyfried in me. She girl. has some like big like wink moments where they need to put like a ding bell, you know? Yes. Just like ding. When um or and every time she's very she's very eager for Cordelia to approve of what she's saying where she's like uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I did. I did good, right? Give me my treat. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's does that character have a name? I don't think so. I, not at this point. Not at this point. Okay. Um, and then there's a stoner guy who's also there. Who he's like, yeah. What's up, girl? Frankly, I think Cordelia. I Cordelia's way nicer to him than she is other losers. Yeah. Like it seems. It does not <laughs> seem like the type of guy that Cordelia. Like like this, she's super mean to Jesse, and then this like random stoner is like, what's, what's wrong? up, man? She's like Buffy. Maybe she was just like in the moment. She just needed to spread the news that Buffy was a freak and didn't even care that like she didn't even know who she was talking yeah, about yeah she she was yeah so bl- she had her blinders on she was just in her mean gossip mode so she's being super nasty Willow jumps in and is like no you're wrong you don't even know her which is like good for you Willow but she also like feigns being friendly with the delete thing oh she totally does yeah like it's... I would expect her to just leave at that point after they've been like Ugh. it's a little then she's like, oh, here's some advice. It's a, it's a little... Like, there's some contact with Willow there. Yeah, I think Willow shows a, a bit more spine in that moment than we've seen for her mm-hmm. from her. Um, and I would argue a little vindictiveness. Oh, yeah. Um, she, I mean, she purposely tricks Cordelia into deleting her assignment. Which she was trying to cheat off of Willow in the first place. True. <laughs> Um, I love Willow or Cordelia's line. I don't love it because I think it's a thing people should say, mm. but I do love it as a line where Willow that? says, like, basically Willow calls her out for who lying. You, and Who gave you permission to exist? Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. Who gave you permission to exist? And then she follows it up with, I don't hone in on your private conversations. And you know why? Because you're boring. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> it's, that's mean. Like... Um, when I was listening to the commentary for this episode earlier, apparently Joss Whedon took that specific line, the, because you are boring from his own life. It was something he said to someone and in the moment thought was really, really funny. (laughs) And then later that person came back and was like, that was really mean. Like it really hurt my feelings when you said that to me. Um, and I will just say been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, on the said something I thought was funny and it turned out it was mean. <laughs> you never. Me? Oh, I know. Um, mm. Yeah, I just, I love that scene a lot. I I think it's funny. I think, I really love that it shows Willow standing up for herself. Yeah. Um, and standing up for Buffy. Like, we see immediately in the space of one episode, this short time that she's known Buffy, 
she's already becoming more courageous, growing a bit more of a spine. Yeah. So now, after that, Buffy is headed back to the crypt. We're in the yeah. We're in in like the tunnels. Uh-huh. Um, he sees what's his name, and they he's find like... they find Jesse. Yeah. And well, she saw um, mysterious stranger before on their way in. Did Mary talk about that? We did. Yeah. He's like, turn left when you get to the tunnels or whatever. Right. And then she does. And she's st- she meets Sander down there. She's like, he followed her. Here. She is not happy. He's like, I want to skip history class. Uh, they find Jesse. Jesse's like, oh, I know He's, the way okay, out. Though, hold up. This yeah. is also a moment where a '90s moment. Do you remember the print on Xander's shirt as he enters the... The mushrooms? Yes. Yes, I do. I actually, I don't know why I didn't say it because... He's wearing it before that, but I noticed it in the tunnels. Yeah, I actually have a note that, and I don't know why I didn't say it because it is here several notes back. Xander mushroom shirt exclamation point. It's like... It's just green with mushrooms on it. puke green. It's nasty. Yeah. It is not an okay thing that a person... It's not necessarily like a good 90s moment, but you know. It is a 90s, well, lots of 90s moments weren't good. Yeah. But that is definitely. And maybe it was at the time, but. I disagree. It was not good at the time. I um, I think Xander should never have worn a mushroom shirt because it's a mushroom shirt. Yeah, like you're in high school. Grow up. I guess that's what people do in high school is grow up, but. But not do mushrooms. Well. I, I never did mushrooms I in high school. Me either. Um, so we're down in the lair. They find Jesse. Jesse breaks open the chain. She's like, Pow! and like breaks open his shackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's gonna. He's like, I know the way to get out, but he leads them into a trap because he's a vampire. He's a vampire. Like Cordelia, which. I love that. I love that he's a vampire. I love that the villains... You know, you always have that thing in movies where the villains don't kill the the good guys right away. And it's like, why don't you just kill them? And they give us an explanation earlier in the episode of like, we're not going to kill him. We're going to use him as bait. And then here we find out they did both. Yeah. Like, he's much better to them as bait when he's on their side. Like, um, so... It's a good... I personally, I think it's a good twist. Um, it also is uh, fairly devastating yeah, for, for all the characters. Xander does not take it well. That's his best friend. Especially um, when they get back to the library. Yeah, he's life. real mad. And Buffy refers to Jesse when, before she goes down to the, to the crypt as a, quote, potential friend. Right. So, I mean... Friendship can just seem to be a common theme. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Buffy really wants to make friends. They use um, the word friend a lot. Definitely. And so she's lost someone who she considered, maybe not a friend at the moment, but someone who could have been a friend. friend. Yeah. Potential yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I'm. there's definitely some... I would imagine some guilt of just, regardless of her personal feelings for the person... You know, she wasn't able to save him. But then once they get away, after they're, like, doing the bit where they're, like, closing the door in the title sequence, mm-hmm. um, that's whenever the, the master 
He is he posed the not eye. pleased. Evidently, this vampire that he takes his eyes out is named Colin. Colin. According to I think his name is said once. Yeah. Um, and but he's like, look at this fingernail. It's, um... The it, lighting on the fingernails in this episode... Is, yeah, I noticed that too. Like, all of the fingernails are, like, glowing. Uh, they're backlit a lot. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love that moment. It's, it's it, very, like, um, like, in the dark night, where the Joker's like, do you want to see a magic trick? The master's like, there's something in your eye, and, like... Yeah. Um, interestingly, not followed by any sort of vocal reaction from Colin, but... He's um, He's been dead. Um, we learn a little bit more about the Harvest, uh, specifically that Luke is the vessel. They have a bit of a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the whole, like, 60 years ago bit. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to the library, where we get just... A crap ton. Just a crap ton of exposition. Even more. Thanks, Giles. We Giles explains to us that Sunnydale is on a hellmouth, which is a mystical convergence where... Is this, what was the Spanish? Uh, uh, La Boca del Inferno. La Boca in, del Inferno. Inferno? Inferno. inferno. It's okay. Inferno, I think. Okay. In my... I haven't taken Spanish in several years. I've never taken Spanish, so... Um... So that's why there are so many monsters there because it's a hell mouth. There's all th- I like whenever he's like incubi, succubi, and he like lists all of the little things. Yeah. Um, the master was an ancient vampire who came to Sunnydale 60 years ago to open the hell mouth to unleash all the demons. Hmm. And there was an earthquake and now he's stuck down there. I'm liking the timeline here. So like that's 60 years ago, but like... The last time that Luke encountered a Slayer was like 1843 or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whenever he was like, is it a Slayer? He's like, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen one. Well, or something like I that. don't think it was a Slayer specifically. Yeah. No, he said... Last he, time he, he was... He was like... Last time he like lost a fight. Yeah. yeah it yeah. wasn't specifically with a Slayer. Because he actually... He says... Well, it might have been with a Slayer. He just doesn't specify. Yeah, yeah. Um, the master's remarking on... They caught him sleeping, exactly. And it was several hundred years ago. vampires sleep upside down in Buffy? No. Why? Because they're not bats. Yet. They're they're not bats. Okay. Um, So he's the vessel. He's the vessel. We learn specifically that the harvest uh, will... Basically, Luke acts as the vessel, and any blood that he drinks will power up master allowing the master to escape from his prison which will open the hell mouth and there's a there's a cork metaphor actually this this ties in very well with what happened to john earlier how so well when he tried to open that bottle of wine and he fucked up the cork and made the pressure and it splooshed all over the place that's kind of what will happen um, that will happen if the master escapes. The, they they use a, the metaphor of a cork to describe the master. If the master escapes, evil will sploosh all over the world. They say this in the episode. It's very brief, but yes, I mean they don't. No one says the word sploosh or cork. They do say something about a cork, like that he's like the cork keeping the evil wine. Oh, 
Because his attempts to open the Hellmouth 60 years prior gotcha. caused the earthquake that is like trapped him under there. Yeah, yeah. And so like if he escapes, the the quote unquote wine can come out. So like after that, he Buffy's back home. And she is that was not me. Was that your phone? It's my phone. Hold on a second. It's Someone activated voice command. One of us activated Siri, and it says, "Hey, hey Siri. Siri, baguette. I need to know." Oh well, now it doesn't want me. <laughs> baguette. Uh, presumably, baguette is back at home. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll try that again. Uh, so, so, Buffy is back at home, and her mom's like, "And now I'm gonna be a real parent because I read another book." Or it's something. Very, oh, she um, she tapes. listened to the tapes. Which is dating. That's, that's, oh, yeah. That's era. And it's very, uh, she's like, Buffy's like, I'm going to go out. And Joyce is all like. Joyce. She's like, no, your principal called me today. You skipped a bunch of classes. And you know what? I From Joyce's perspective. So you're staying home tonight. And if you want to sulk in your room for all night, go ahead and do it. But if you want to come downstairs, I'll make you dinner. But if you want to sulk in your room all night, I won't bother you. <laughs> Don't sneak out. Yeah. Buffy's mom is all like, I get it. You think it's the end of the world. And we're, as the audience is like, like, it is. It is. Come on, come on, Joyce. How can your daughter be the vampire slayer and you move her to another town after she, like, burns down the whole place and you like don't I don't don't see how like her mom's not in tune with any of that well when did Buffy become a vampire so like on her 16th birthday or something so Buffy is 16 within the within the continuity of the movie she was 15 okay which is that's one of the things that I think we can probably rule out uh, no I can say we can probably say she was around 15 okay um it, that's my thing is like if she was a vampire slayer as a baby why didn't they just murder the baby well because we'll learn more about how the slayer works okay um but Buffy was about 15 years old when she found out she was the slayer okay um Joyce doesn't seem to know that she's the slayer okay I, but uh so as far from Joyce's doesn't pers- seem to know. Well, I'm just going based on what we know in this episode. Okay. But it from Joyce's perspective and based on what Joyce says, it seems more like she thinks Buffy fell in with a bad crowd. That <laughs> she she's like, I'm only gonna hang out with the living. I mean the lively. The I thought she said laughing. <laughs> I was like, that makes no sense. Is it lively? It's the lively, yeah. So, Joyce basically grounds her, but Buffy's like, that's not gonna stop me. Mm. She pulls out, uh, this is a moment I really, really like. She pulls out her trunk. She opens her trunk. It's full of, like, dolls and, like, lace and really pretty things. And then she pulls that out, and below are her weapons. It's like, Uh, holy water and... Holy water, steaks, steaks and garlic and communion wafers, all like... the things she needs to fight evil. 
Um, first of all, I just like that as a as a moment of like here's her weapons, but also as a metaphor, like as um, I'm just gonna say this as a uh, as as a teenager who had uh, secrets from my family, uh, gay, gay, like there was though there you know it wasn't like I had a. A, a trunk with a false bottom and underneath that was all my gay porn and all your gay weapons and all my gay weapons you know my rainbow dildos and my um my lgbt anal beads <laughs> i don't know why i just did like a like a lasso, lasso movement i said uh, a sperm gun a sperm gun <laughs> just shoots semen into you um but but there's i i I, I really identify with that moment because it's a very it's a very potent visual metaphor for the fact that she's as a teenager she's hiding this from yeah. her from her mother this whole other life that she has that she has to keep secret. Um, so at least at this point, whether or not Joyce knows she's a vampire slayer, which I think maybe she will, but whatever, Buffy doesn't think that her mom knows yeah okay um i would argue that her that her at mom this doesn't point, know. that she doesn't but um i really i i think that's such a great metaphor i also really think that um and i don't want to delve too deep into it but um there's a really great great <laughs> gonna we'll start that Gwyneth sentence over Gwyneth Paltrow. there's a really great queer reading you can read into Buffy's life as a, as a slayer. Um, the secrets that she has to keep. We'll go into that in other episodes. But, that sounds like a fan fiction. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be like the Hogwarts one. Where the great, the giant squid fucks the castle. Yeah, that one's horrible. It's my favorite Harry Potter fan fiction. I mean, it's interesting because neither are like characters. And yet... They are in love. They are in love. Um, Maybe not love. So, Buffy sneaks out. She, um, they've kind of decided, what? Can we make a podcast about that? About the... Fan fiction. (laughs) I could be into that. There might be some Buffy fan fiction. Oh, there is. You, You think I haven't looked up Buffy fan fiction? Whoa. Episode three. Two, whatever episode we're on. Um, so they've Buffy leaves. She goes to the bronze, which is where the the group has decided the bronze. The I'm like, where's the silver? Where's the gold? It's just the bronze. It's not the best club in town. It's dingy. the third best. It's dingy, but also like the '90s is grungy. So so grungy. It's, it fits the vibe. Um, they they go to the. We go to the bronze, which is where they've all decided, like, the harvest will probably happen, because that's where the most people will be. Even Xander puts that together. Even Xander figures it out. Uh, We start with a scene with Cordelia. Um, A scene I really love of her talking about her love of senior boys, because (laughs) they have... What's the word? Cars. (laughs) Cars. <laughs> I use that a lot. I'm like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Obvious. <laughs> or like, what's the word I'm looking for? 
he mm. is so oh what's that quality it's uh well hung <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah cordelia is just so happy with senior boys and then she talks about her philosophy about buying things that are expensive yes. not because they're more expensive but because they cost more more <laughs> is she trying to say like is she trying to express the difference between value and worth I, or like value and price i think she thinks she's expressing that okay you know i think she thinks she's because there is a difference there like what's yeah. worth versus what something costs but she misses that point. Yeah, and I think that's what she's going for. That's the joke. I think that it's that she's trying... She thinks... My interpretation is that she thinks she has come up with something so clever. I don't want it because it's more expensive. I want it because it costs more. Yeah, she... And, of course, it's just fucking nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's a rich white girl who... Who, like, who even cares how much, it, episode, how much it costs? Because it's a daddy's money. In the lab, she's wearing a sweater with, like, a fur cuff. Yes. Like. <laughs> because it costs more. <laughs> um, and also, just what a beautiful line reading from Charisma Carpenter on that line. I really love it. What happened to her? Um, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I just, that name, it's, it's got alliteration. It does. But it's funny because it shares the same alliteration with her character, which is Cordelia Chase. Oh, wow. I really, not really ch- core. They're both C's, but they don't sound the same. That's fair. Um, so the vampires arrive. Yeah. And I love, love this shot of the vampires arriving at the bronze. Oh, where she's, like, skipping out. Yeah, you see, there's, like, one, like, it's, like, a street light that's lighting this one section. It's very, like, Harley Quinn. Very Harley Quinn, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. She's, you see her skipping out of the darkness. She's in her schoolgirl outfit. She's skipping, but she's in full vamp face. And then the other vampires... they're probably gonna kill the bodyguard. Yeah. Well, they don't. Or whoever. But it's, um, it's both... I really, I just love the juxtaposition of her in her violent face. The song. the song is playing; it's slow motion. She appears out of the shadows, but she's skipping. But you can still see her demonic face, yeah. and then the other demons appear out of the shadows behind her, and she does like a twirl, like and it's. Oh, yeah. I love it because it is, it is menacing, but Darla's front and center, and she's having. A ball. She loves it. It's about strangers. Yeah, kind of. It's like you're way too happy for this to be for this to be like. Yeah, it's like her excitement and her skipping and her twirling just adds to the fucking creep factor of the moment. And the the song they've paired it with is really the. It um. It just it is a it's a great atmospheric moment yeah. that is almost immediately undercut by the next scene where they go into the bronze and the line that was of the song that was playing before they went in is repeated. Oh, okay. It's like the exact same line that was playing before, and it's where the commercial cut was, so it's kind of a transition. It's a transition. It's one of those things that was not noticeable when there were people were watching this and there were commercials between. I dropped my notes. But then. Uh... 
uh, Willow has a moment as they like bust in after they like knock Giles to the ground and all that stuff. She's like, take this holy water, bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all fighting. She, yeah, she holy waters Darla. Uh, fun fact. Mm. In the original pilot, which is 30 minutes long, um, in which Willow is played by a completely different actress, um, it was the, basically what they used to pitch the show to the network. So the pilot was not episode one. Right. There are certain parts of the pilot that were... The same. That were used. They just... um, But TV, fun fact, um, a lot of the times shows will film... A pilot that they used to then pitch the show to the network. The network, if they like the pilot, then they'll pick it up for a full series. Yeah. And some shows will just use, use the, the pilot as their first episode. Mm. And some will completely reshoot a new first episode. So they did and a lot well, a lot of shows will do both. They will fix the pilot. Yeah, they'll fix the pilot. Um so in this case, um, the first two episodes, which is are each about 45 minutes long, was originally one 30-minute episode. Gotcha. So there's a lot that got expanded, a lot of scenes that were um that were that were used in the original product. Um, but basically every scene with Willow was reshot because the entire cast is in the original pilot, except for the except for Allison Hannigan. Which good move. The will yeah, the willow and the pilot. I don't know who the other girl is, but she's not very good. Cool. Um, that was one of the big things they were like. Apparently, my understanding is that when the WB picked up the show, they were like, "Yeah, we really like this. The cast is great. Find a new willow." <laughs> um, so, but in the original pilot, when Willow throws the holy water at Darla, in originally Darla was killed. Oh, okay. Um, she's, she's not killed. She runs off, but she is alive. Yeah. Um, originally, we saw her die. Okay. Um, but then also, Buffy has that bit where she smashes the window and she's like, sunlight. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments of the episode, Buffy throws the... Um, it's like a, a music stand, I think. It's a mic stand. It's a Yeah, she, oh, yeah you're right. It's a mic stand. She, he's like, metal can't kill me. And she's like, you forgot one thing. She throws it through the window. This light comes pouring through. And she's like, sunrise. And he's like, Whoa! One more time. And he's like, Whoa! Okay. I like the second one better. Thank you. Um... And I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the moment to tell you how the first time I watched that episode. Yeah. Because the first time I watched that episode, I and that moment happened, I got pissed. I was so mad. It's I, very um uh what's the Disney movie with I put a spell on you and Hocus Pocus? Yeah. It's it, there is some hocus pocus that I don't but, they have the bit with the car. My thing was I I fell for it. Oh, like yeah. And I, I was mad too. because I, I did. I was like, that doesn't work. I was I was thinking the timeline and I was like, no, there's no way that they they've the been they went to the club at like For nine six PM hours. and they've been there since till Sunday. I was really mad about the the timeline of it all. 
And in that brief second, I was like, I, I was like, I was really enjoying this, but I am not going to watch anymore because that is bullshit. And then it cuts to show it's just a street light and Buffy's like, it's in about nine hours, moron, and stakes him. And I was like, which is I love surprising that. because that's Luke, right? That's Luke. And uh, he felt like he was going to be a character. And he's not. He's dead. Yeah. But I love, what I really love about that moment is it shows, we, we've been shown several times throughout the, the first two episodes that Buffy is strong. Yeah. She's physically strong. She does that like backflip thing on the crowbar. She does, yeah. Crowbar, all that, like, you know, we, we see her fighting against vampires, you know, we know that she, she is. the school gate. Yeah. But this shows that, that moment is great because it shows too that she's smart she's resourceful and she you know she she uses that to she tricks him into being off his guard so that she can kill him um incidentally uh apparently the fake sunlight bit was written for the movie originally Mm. that was uh how Buffy was supposed to kill uh one of the vampires in the movie was to trick him into thinking he was being hit by sunlight and then stake him that never made it into the final product. There's the bit with Xander and uh, Jesse. Where he kills Jesse. And he's like, you would never do it. And he wouldn't have. And he didn't. It, but someone bumps into them. Yeah. yeah. Um, See, that's another bit. I was like, oh, well, just kill him off. Cool. So that was a character I thought was going to stay. Um... So yeah, so Xander kills Jesse. Um, originally, Joss Whedon wanted Jesse, Eric Balfour, uh, to be in for these first two episodes to be in the main credits. Yeah, he wanted him to be one uh, alongside of the rest of the cast in the opening credits, so that it would be more surprising that he died. He yeah. Joss Whedon had a big boner. For putting a character into the main credits in the first episode and then, and then killing him off. Yeah. Uh, he did not get that wish because it would have been too expensive to create two sets of credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, from there, they go back. We get, we're back to the school the next day. Uh, well, before we go back to the school the next they're day, they're talk like alone in the club. They're alone in the club. They're talking. They're like, nothing will ever be the same. <laughs> and then it cut to the next day at the school and they're like, everything's the same. <laughs> they, uh, all the people, Cordelia's, we hear Cordelia talking about what happened the night before. And Cordelia's like, she's totally rationalized it all away kind of in the way we heard Buffy they're like yeah they think it's rival gangs or something yeah basically exactly what we heard Buffy like do earlier in the episode where oh yeah it must have been trick of the light or something and we I like I like that we we get into that I like that they saw her like backflip over a crowd and like stab a dude in the chest and they're like, must have been rival gangs. Rival gangs. And Buffy was involved somehow. She must have known them. Um, but, you know, Giles tells them like, we're going to be prepared for next time. Who knows what our next threat will be. And so we've kind of 
But, you know, okay, this ending outfit of hers, and I know that she's probably going to be the best 90s outfit in every episode, so I'm trying to, like, look past that, but this, like, purple one while she's, like, sucking on the lollipop, and mm. she's got the, like, purple bit, she, again, has the, like, mini skirt with, like, knee-high boots, super 90s. So 90s. Straightened hair with, like, the curl at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so Giles is, and like... she's making bangs work. Oh, yeah. I like Buffy's bangs a lot. I don't normally like that, ever, but she's making it work. Um, Giles is like, hey, we've got other threats that we'll face. So basically, we're at this point, they've def- they've saved the world. We've caught our team. They it's Giles. I think they've saved the world from ending, but... But they know that... There's more to come. More to come. Uh, they, they're joking, you know... Uh, they, they're making jokes about, like, about it, and Giles ends the episode on a note that I think is pretty funny, is, the Earth is doomed. Yeah. Um, but we've got our, you know, at the end of it, though, this is the end of the two-part premiere, we've got our team. We've got Buffy, who's our slayer, we've got Xander, Giles, and Willow as her team, uh, Cordelia is there on the periphery at this point who knows if she'll stay on the periphery we've got angel the mysterious stranger what he what does he know i think it's shadowy strangers we've got uh the master who appears to be our main villain and buffy's mom buffy's mom is the one that's mysterious to me really just just she knows more than she's saying okay okay that's kind of goes with my general takeaway and my predictions, but I still think Cordelia's probs going to become a vampire. Cause I mean, Jesse did. So like, she probably will too. I don't know. It's hard for me to make a prediction at this point. I feel like will their next villain, will their next episode include vampires where you can see Giles seems to, allude to maybe other paranormal mm-hmm. things are going to happen. So, would you like me to tell you the name of the next episode? By all means. The next episode is called Witch. Okay, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, we got that. Okay. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe it's not vampires. Yeah, I... You know, the show is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but we're definitely going to see things that aren't vampires. Because, I mean, to me, that's just a no-brainer. Like, it'd be super boring if every episode she fought a new vampire. Yeah. Well, they've said that up already. And we already, yeah, we already know that there are demons. Mm -hmm. Um, Succubi and Incubi. Incubi. Um, So, what's your, what was your general takeaway from the episode? Um... I got less of the camp from mm-hmm. this episode, I think, which helped me out a little bit, because the tone was more established for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easier for me to find jokes when they happened and when they didn't, or when they weren't. Um, beyond that, I think I'm certain that I'm certain that. Willow and Xander, they know too much too fast. Mm-hmm. They're still mortal. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like they're, they're, those two are going to get in over their heads. Okay. You know, like Buffy is as prepared as she can be. But they're still, like, trying to process this, and then they're, like, naivete, they're gonna, they're gonna make beginner's mistakes. Okay. That's kind of where I see this going. All right. My takeaway from this episode, Mm -hmm. um, I, I like this episode less than the first. Mm. I... It seems more like a wrap-up. It's a wrap-up. It really is. It's, um, it's action heavy mm-hmm. which is not necessarily a bad thing yeah. um but she gets her like high kicks in for the episode. yeah it's very um there's a lot of the scene with them in the tunnels with takes forever every yeah. time i watch this episode i'm like oh my god this scene is like so when they're in the dark long and they're like inching towards the camera yeah um it's it, this episode, I was actually, when I was listening to the commentary on this episode earlier, I was not shocked to hear that this episode came in short. What do you mean? Um, when they filmed it, it was not long enough. Oh, so they and had to they, make it longer. They had to make it longer. And I was shocked to find that some of the scenes I really liked were the added scenes. Interesting. Um, yeah, so... The um, the scene with Cordelia talking about how she likes senior boys was one of the scenes that was added after that the fact. Sense. There's no content in that. Uh, there's not, but it, we get it's to know Cordelia. It's exposition. And one of the things I liked, he was, Joss Whedon was talking about in that commentary, was anytime they their episodes ran short and they needed to add material, mm. they it was always character-driven. It was always, yeah. what character can we get to know a little better? Yeah. Um, but the, the the scene in the tunnel for me is the one that just, it takes a long time. But there's a lot I like about this episode. I like that we get to, we see, I love the scene in the computer lab. Mm. I, yeah, oh, it's funny. You, you, I was going to say, you liked that one a lot too. Um, <laughs> I really do like the final confrontation between Buffy and Luke. Yeah. Um, but this is, trans, this episode to me feels very transitional We've we've met the characters. We've learned the world a little, and now we are getting into the show. Mm -hmm. What do you think about like themes? Thematically, I would say this episode doesn't have a lot to say. Honestly, Mm -mm. it's very plot pushing. The only theme I feel like I danced around maybe a little bit earlier was friendship. Mm -hmm. Definitely, this community that they are building. Especially when Buffy is in about to go in the crypt and she's like interrogating the mysterious stranger she's like don't you know what it's like to have friends and he's, he's like, like oh <laughs> yeah that that seemed thematic like, yes they're gonna we definitely have seen already well in the first two episodes to go to get jesse is because he might be her friend he might yeah and um, I think her and her, her reasoning is like you know go make friends yeah and just like they use the word friend a lot a lot like that's gonna be built upon um, I think her reasonings are for re- wanting to go rescue Jesse are a little more altruistic than that yeah she's not only rescuing him because they might be friends it is because she she's a good person murdered. yeah but 
But it's definitely an extra layer for her is mm-hmm. that not only do I want to save this person because it's the right thing to do, I also want to save this person because I want, because he might be my friend. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't really have friends at that time, which is mm. um, definitely friendship is, and community. At the end, we see that Willow, Xander, and Buffy have formed a, a small community with yeah. Giles as well. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I also think that we see one of the themes we see in the first episode is Buffy really, really wanting that normal life. Mm-hmm. And we see in this episode, you her first episode, you mean the first two? Well, I mean, actually I meant in the first, I guess the first half of this two parter, Yeah, but Buffy really wanting that for that normal life. And in this episode, she doesn't give up that desire for a normal life. But we see her, she was very reluctant to take on her Slayer role in the first episode. And by the end of this episode, she, we see her going, she, she doesn't say it, yeah. but she definitely has, we see her be more willing to embrace her role as mm-hmm. the Slayer. What about, we've mentioned a couple, but what about 90s moments? Anything for you? Um, Anything completely slay it for you? We, I think we talked about... A lot of them so far. Um, definitely Xander's mushroom shirt. Oh my god! That's like, like my not. It's 90s so awful. It's so awful. It's so disgusting. Um, I think I I think Cordelia's outfits are on point though. The whole episode. The red sweater with the fur cuff. I love it. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Um, she, what her outfit that she wears with the bronze? What I know. Oh, it's like a. It's great. I honestly, I can't even remember. I just remember liking it. My favorite was, I think, the brightest outfit in the whole thing. Uh-huh. Was the the purple one at the end, where she's Buffy's purple one. Buffy. Yeah, uh, Willow's wearing something, and that it's like like a floral pattern dress at the yeah. end too. But they still kind of dress her down. Definitely, you're dressing her down. It's. I not... feel like she's gonna have her moment. This is another prediction for me, where mm-hmm. like Willow's gonna get hot. Like, she's going to have a moment where, like, she, like, has a makeover. Okay. And becomes, like, has, like, a coming-of-age moment. Mm. That's where I see her go. I think that's why they're, like, dressing her down in, like, Pentecostal-looking, you know. Very Pentecostal. Oh, my gosh. Seventh-day Adventist. Yes. Um, I feel like she's going to get, like, a haircut and, like, show some skin in, like, season two or three. Okay. All right. That's another suggestion slash guess. What about music? Um, there's only a little bit. There's only a little bit. I, honestly, I and I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now as we're talking. It's a song because Cordelia is like, "Oh, girls, I'm being a horrible friend. You wanna go dance?" <laughs> um, and it's the one that um, the oh gosh. The, it's she the also song, states that there's no band. That there's band. no band. So they're listening which, to it like a We DJ. see that there are instruments on stage, but they don't look like they've been touched. Like it, um, but it's whatever the song is that... Um, it, we talked about it earlier when the vampires are coming in and they're like... Oh. It's like... One more time. And I really want to find it... 
Um, we're gonna put insert something here where I we can listen to that song exclusively. Like I try to find it, but that's my favorite musical moment of this episode is the skipping the the yeah that the song that is playing Harley Quinn moment the Harley Quinn moment. Yes, I I really it is a perfect perfectly um. It's just a perfect parallel with what's happening on screen yeah. in the moment. Well, with that, I think we're about it. Hey, Harrison here with that insert I promised you. The song is called Ballad for Dead Friends by Dashboard Prophets. Uh, unfortunately, I could not find it on Spotify or Amazon Music. I had to find it on YouTube where um, it's part of the Buffy soundtrack. So if you want to look for that song, that's where you can find it. It's a pretty badass song. I really like it. Thanks. See you later. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Witch. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I'm Tyler. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at T-G Dippold. That's D-I-P-P-O-L-D. Uh, yeah, everywhere. Uh, each week, we like to give a shout-out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. So, for this first week, in honor of our vampire friends and their love of sucking blood, we're going to plug the American Red Cross. I hope you don't find that in too bad of taste. The mission of the Red Cross is to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of emergencies by mobilizing the power of volunteers and the generosity of donors. Visit redcross.org for more information, and if you are able, consider donating blood. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. You can also find us on YouTube, where I will release a short video with each episode called Spoiler Corner with Harrison, where I will talk about all the things that I can't say on the podcast. Until next time, slay and be gay. Mm-hmm.